in 25 words or less. <laughs> okay, it's great to see you this morning. It's all good. Hope you're warm enough. I just found out one of our elements in the heaters isn't working again, so I have to get that fixed. Are we warm enough out there? Yeah, that's good. Well, things are just about to get warmer. <laughs> well, the next couple of weeks, we've got uh, vision builders. We were going to take up today, but we decided to hold off for next week and the week after. We take up a special offering for our vision builders. Uh, and uh, in this time, I want you to seek God and really say, God, what can I give to the vision builders appeal? Because basically what it is, this is the future of the church. You're sitting on seats that came out of a vision builders. You're sitting in a building that came out of a vision builders offering. And uh, it continues to grow as people are generous to the things of God, seek first the kingdom of God, and you'll see these things come to pass. So I want to say, so think about that during the week, pray about it, and say, God, what can I do? And there's different options. Some people come and give one lump sum, some say, look, I'm going to pay this off during the year, which I usually do, my wife and I. And uh, because we are living in interesting times and we need to make sure that the church stands strong. You know, we, we're starting to face many uh, different situations that we never have. In fact, this week, uh, Sharon was listening to a podcast and someone was saying, if you are one of those that have said, hey, wouldn't it have been exciting to live in Bible times, you know, to see Jesus Christ, doing miracles and, and great works happening, to see all the stuff that we read about. Well, we are living in Bible times right now. And people forget that sometimes. Was, that was a great story that once happened. It, we're in the continuation of the story. This is part two. And uh, there's, the, uh, there's always a part two. And God has got us living through these interesting times that we live in. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 1, Know this, that in the last days, grievous times will be at hand, for men will be self-lovers, money-lovers, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, unyielding, false accusers, without self-control, savage, despisers of good, traitors, reckless, puffed-up, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it even turn from these. I think that just covers about everything that's going on right now. Wouldn't you agree? I like looking at that list there. I think we can see that. That's why I said we are living in Bible times, okay? It's not like that was the past and this is something new. No, we are, and we know it continue. The book of Acts didn't finish with chapter 28. It's a continuation of the church, and we are the church, and we're living through these times. You know, since the time of Adam's fall, the world has been on a collision course of destruction. And we're seeing the clash of the two kingdoms right now. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, God's kingdom. And that's why you're seeing the world in such a mess. How many people say on a constant basis, the world's gone mad. What a mess. It's crazy. I can't believe what's going on here. But what you're seeing is a result of two kingdoms clashing. Yeah, we've got minority groups trying to get the church to change its stance on things right now. Who's noticed that? Everything is they want to change. You know, they've already changed the same-sex marriage thing, but I believe we can change that back. I believe we can. The power of the church rising in this time can see things overturned and changed back. 
you know, we've seen the power uh, of these small voices bringing in euthanasia. You know, there's some shocking stories in certain countries of, you know, young people killing themselves because they're just not happy with who they are. And they allow that in certain countries, uh, age, I think, even around 12 or upwards or something. Um, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. And of course, last night, some of us went to uh, Love Adelaide, which stands against uh, the whole abortion issue and supporting women through that, uh, helping them. Uh, you know, we've had so many abortions and there's a bill right now that's, that's been proposed to uh, give the right to life of babies if they're born from a uh, abortion that didn't turn out. Like, because currently people don't realize that if a woman goes in for an abortion and, the, and it hasn't been what they deem successful and the baby is born alive, totally healthy, that they don't consider a human being. And they just, and they'll leave it to die. It's just shocking. We've got to turn these things out. We, this is not human. This is, this is just evil at work. We've had the introduction of the gender confusion. You know, am I a boy, am I a girl, whatever, am I, I can be whatever I like, uh, sort of thing. Well, I'm telling you, the Bible tells us there is a man and a woman, that's it. And you are born in the likeness and image of him. We can't be putting up with these lies that the devil continually spews out uh, on a daily basis, confusing our young ones, confusing our people. We need to stand up and be a voice in this time. We are the voice. The church is the voice. We've got many groups like the World Economic Forum that's uh, constantly pumping out new things, trying to change who we are, how we do things. And as Klaus Schwab says, you'll be happy and you'll own nothing by the year 2030. Now, who's going to be happy if you own nothing? Not me. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy. I know they'll be happy if they've got everything. And it's incredible how many uh, people have... Uh, gone along with the World Economic Forum. If you wonder why the world is moving very much connected in the sense of this evil approach worldwide, is because the World Economic Forum, as they say in their own words, penetrated the cabinets. They got the young global leaders together a long, long time ago and brought them into a place of instructing them how they want the world to be. Now, my Bible tells me how the world will be, and I'm not going to listen to any World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the eagle, evil, Dr. Evil, that's what it looks like. <laughs> and uh, we're going to believe in God's word because God's word is truth and God's word remains the test of time. I'm telling you, there's all sorts of being thrown at you and if you're feeling fatigued and tired, it's because the devil is throwing everything at you right now. Okay, I know a lot of people say, I just feel so tired. So I just want to sleep all the time. And what? It's because we're in a spiritual battle. The church is being attacked like, you know, never before kind of thing. And uh, we need to understand it right now. Before us, we've got the issue of the voice. And, um, you know, I didn't quite understand what that all meant, but I sat in a meeting a couple of weeks ago where there was an Aboriginal elder in there, and she said, this is not good for the Aboriginal people whatsoever. It's been disguised as being good for us, but he said it's not. In fact, if you go further, an Aboriginal lawyer actually looked into it and found the UN are connected with this. And whenever the United Nations are connected, you know it's not a good thing. Uh, United Nations have actually looked at a scheme to take the land off the people. And they want to use the Aboriginal people to do that. See, they use all sorts of groups. You've got to remember these people are evil, and they will use anybody they can, the minority groups, everything they can to get their evil plans through. But I'm telling you, when the church arises and stands against it, it's not going to happen. It's about time that the church engages, this rises in this time, in this hour, 
for this very thing. You know, the one thing on this earth that stops total takeover by evil is the church of God standing up. You know, we can't be hiding anymore. The enemy works in darkness, but we work in the light. We expose the darkness. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. We are called to shine, not to hide. We're not like hiding. We should be like, there in, in the forefront of things. And this is what Jesus said when he came. He said he, he came to defeat the works of the devil. So Jesus' mission, in, it says in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose the Son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. The devil's been a harder work for, you know, thousands of years, and uh, nothing's getting better because he's still a play. But his end is coming, and he knows that. He knows his time is short, so he's going to throw everything he can at us to deceive us, fool us, do whatever he can. And, you know, I'm really surprised that people, I've read testimonies, stories of people that got involved with the occult, and, and the question is asked, why did you get involved with the occult? And they say, oh, because, you know, Satan gives me power. You know, I can get this, all I want and all this. I want to tell you, you Satan's not loyal to you either. Satan, Satan lies, deceive a father, all lies, the Bible tells us. And he is not loyal to anyone. He knows he's going down, his time is limited. He's trying to pull down as many of God's people as he can with that. Because when he looks at you, he sees the image and likeness of God and he hates that. So he's going to try to destroy you, no matter which way he can, through deception. You know, we're, going, we're living in a time right now that God is going to start shaking the church because the church needs a wake-up call. The church needs to be shaken out of its deep slumber. Yes, it's time that we go, this is real. This is not just going to blow away, you know, through this whole uh, time, this three years of the COVID thing and all that, how people go, oh, I just can't wait for it to go back to normal. Well, it's not going back to the normal because that is not normal that we had either. We look at the Word of God, that is normal. God said, let it be, and, and it, that is normal. And when we understand God's Word is normal, we live out of that, we will see normal emerge. Because at the moment, it, we listen to the world, we listen to the, the schemes and the, the wiles of the devil, and we need to actually stand up against that. It says in 1 Timothy 4.1, But the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and teachings of demons, speaking lies with hypocrisy <clears throat> and being seared in their own conscience. There's a time coming where even the believers will turn and listen to the wrong thing. We have seen this in the church and we have seen it in the church and it's a sad thing out to hear that. Uh, I was only hearing a uh, podcast the other day and uh, Andy Stanley in America, uh, you know, I'd listened to some of his stuff. I thought I was quite good in leadership stuff and that. But he made a quote in that he said, just because Jesus taught it doesn't make it true. And you can see that for yourself. You look it up. And, uh, and I'm going, what did I just hear? I had to replay that again. Just because Jesus taught him, it, it doesn't make it true. And I go, what the heck happened to you? Uh, you know, it's like you need to repent, get on your knees right away. Because as soon as you start, and he's got a big congregation, as soon as you start putting that, that poison out to your congregation, they're going to start doubting everything. Well, if Jesus said doesn't mean it's true. That means we can't really believe anything. Did he even rise from the dead? You know, it's just the devil getting in, the, in there in one little word and can change everything. We need to stand up against that, and God is going to deal with his churches. I'm telling you, they're starting to be exposed 
because they're not stand for what is true, but to stand for what is popular. When you start stand for popular, it's a downhill spiral because the devil will ride on that. For wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. Other churches have not engaged with certain things, but they should engage with certain things. I find there's a lot of churches that will not speak out about the evils of our world. Jesus came to expose the evil. So what is the churches doing? Just hiding from it? Not talking about it? And I've seen this too many times in churches where the pastors just won't even address certain issues. The church needs to hear the truth in God's word. We need to know how to operate, how to deal with that. We need to know what we should be doing about things. We can't just sit there as a, I remember a, a South African uh, cricketer, um, what his name now, he used to say, we can't just be a bunch of happy clappies. Attended on the Sunday, and, yeah, and that's all we do. We've actually got to have wheels on things, and we need to be moving and making a difference. And I'm telling you, this church is behind that, and uh, we are making a difference. Um, and that's what we're here for. If there is no light, all we're left with is darkness. We need to be that light. We need to shine that light. So this morning, I want you to turn with me to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 and to 14. 1 Timothy 6, 12, 13, and 14. Here's Paul talking to young Timothy, giving him confidence, a boost, giving him direction, and he says this, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I charge you before God who makes all things alive in the sight of Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession to Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without spot, without blame, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning, and I pray, O oh God, that you reveal things to us in your word. God, you encourage us, you teach, and, and show us the way, because you are the way. Father, I pray your words will empower us today. God, we will rise up. We will not shrink back, for we are not those that shrink back, but we are those that make a stand and we push forward today. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, just be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So here he is encouraging Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. It is a good fight because it brings good things. It's not a bad fight, which is evil. It's a good fight. It says, fight the good fight. You know, some thought being a Christian was going to be an all easy ride. You know, some people have that mentality. I know, oh, when I'm a Christian, you know, I've got it all covered. Everything's going to be nice and rosy. Well, I'll tell you, it's not. We're in a fallen world, and you're going to get a lot of, a lot of issues coming your way. You know, back in the 70s, for the uh, older people, when I saw reminisce and say some of the things, some of the young people go, what the heck is he on about? And, <laughs> and so now I have to uh, preference the, the, the words I'm about to speak. Um, there, was a, there was a show called The Love Boat. Do you remember that? The love boat, da, 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 da. Uh, and, and there's a bit of a comedy interaction with the, the crew and, and the couples coming on board, romancing and all that sort of stuff, right? Well, that's not what the Christian world's like when you become a Christian. It's not like that. It's not the love boat you're on in, in the sense of it's all cruisy and it's all going to be wonderful, but it's the battleship you're bought in because we're called to spiritual warfare. Is that the battleship, the church is called to spiritual warfare. For Ephesians lets us know about this particular uh, 
warfare. In Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is spiritual wickedness in high places in our world right now. Each one of us has an opportunity to stand against it and recognize it. And that's why the power of prayer, the power of us coming together like this, changes things. You know, sure, it, it can have some value in writing uh, um, you know, petitions and things like that. But when you're fighting spiritual things, which we are fighting, you need spiritual weapons. Mighty are weapons of warfare, for they should pull down strongholds, says the Word of God. And so we need to be praying and believing and pushing through these things. Hey, you know, it's like, get angry. Get angry at the devil. Let's not get like, oh, you know, I'm sure he didn't mean that. You know, some people get a bit wussy, like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he did mean it. He did mean it. And we need to stand against him, amen. Every day we're in a battle of good against evil. Every day. There's decisions you have to make on which side you're on. Choose whom this day you serve, says the Lord. You need to be waking up every morning to decide which side you're on. Paul says to Tim, Timothy to fight the good fight. We need to, so it's a fight. It's going to require something, effort. Fighting is not sitting down and just going, oh, I hope it will happen. People are realizing you need to rise up. It says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life for which you are also called to. Our fight is for the prize of eternity. We're fighting for a cause. It's for eternity. Eternal life is the prize. Paul says to Timothy, lay hold, which means to take hold of it. Uh, Caesar, it requires for you to do something. The church for too long has been, like I said, happy clappies in a bubble. Hopefully, well, the world's out there, but it's not affecting me because I'm in here. No, we've got to go out to the world. We've got to change them, not allow the world to change us. God has called us to such a time as this. Regardless of what it may cost you, and it will cost you, I'm telling you, it will cost you. If you make a stand for Christ, it's going to cost you. It will cost you. But anything worth living for is worth dying for. 2 Timothy 2, 3 says this, Therefore endure hardness as a God a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For faithful is the word, for, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. There he says to Timothy, therefore endure hardness. We've got to get a bit tougher. We've got to put on our big boy pants. You know, and not sort of like, oh, he called me a name. He called me a bigot. Oh, I don't know if I can do this Christian life. It's too hard. It's just too hard. I've had people say that to me, and I go, well, okay, you don't want to do the Christian life. You've seen the goodness of God. You've already seen and witnessed some of that, and you're saying you don't want that. So what is the alternative? So you want to give your life to the devil, do you? You want to see that. I was just sharing with somebody the other day. I remember, I think it was Winky Prackney years ago, was talking about being in a lineup. Uh, yeah, I think it was a school, and this guy was in that sort of place, like, oh, you know, I don't believe in God and all this sort of stuff. I'm giving up on all that kind of stuff. And he goes, all right, did you hear what you're saying? And the guy goes, yeah, I know exactly what I'm saying. He goes, well, let's just write this down for you, so you can see it clearly on paper. So he wrote it down, says, so what you're saying, there is no God, let's write that, there is no God, uh, you don't believe anything the Word of God says, you don't believe in the Bible, 
Uh, you want to give your life to the devil. You want to burn in hell. <laughs> he wrote all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and he goes, right, here's the contract. Now you're saying that, so could you sign that for me? And the guy obviously goes, wow, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Sometimes people need a wake-up call. They can see the reality of their decisions and what they're saying. What is the alternative? You're backing off from God. Like the devil likes to do that. He comes and whispers in your ear. Is there really a God? Does God really love you? Do you remember the beginning of the garden? It was like that. Did God really say? You've got to recognize the voice of the devil. You've got to recognize who is speaking to you and know that it is not God when it is things like that. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. All right, okay, we're on the right team here. And uh, we've got to stand up. Like, who, we don't stand up. Who's going to do it? So we've got this mentality, somebody else out there is going to do it. We, the church, are going to do it. Together. Because we make a stand, we will be attacked. But that's okay. For greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. We'll, we're more than conquerors. You need to start getting into the Word of God. You know, the percentage of people read their Bible daily is very low. I'm not sure what it is for Australia. I think America was something 10% or something. And, 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 and like when you start feeding on the Word of God, it does something in you. It, you sort of rise up, you know, like, yeah, don't mess with me, devil. And, uh, you know, there's just something because you know the power that Jesus has given you. The power that resides in you is Jesus. So you can do these things. You know, when we get like the tough things happening, we don't back off. I've heard so many people say, oh, I just can't do this anymore. It's just too hard. It's too hard. Well, why don't you give it over to Jesus for a start and help him? Because he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am there with you always until the end of the time. So, you know, it's going tough. So Jesus, give me strength rather than Jesus, I'm running away. Let's stand up. Paul is a great example in the scripture. I love this scripture. I mean, in the sense of what actually portrays the toughness of Paul. Paul's a tough dude. Here in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, when he faced all these things, he did not run away. Listen to this. Uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, right through. This is Paul. Five times from the Jews, I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the deep. I've been in travels often, in dangers from waters, dangers from robbers, in dangers from my race, in dangers from the heathen, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the wilderness, in dangers on the sea, in dangers amongst false brothers. I've been in hardship, toil, often in watchings, hunger, thirst, often in fastings, in cold and nakedness. Besides the things outside conspiring against me daily, the care of all the churches. What a list of things. And did he say, I'm giving up? No, it doesn't say that. He will push on. He pushed on even unto death. And when we get that courageous spirit, that's the spirit that God is looking for us. You know, Paul didn't go, well, this is too hard. You know, um, I've chipped a nail today. I'm, I'm giving up. Uh, uh, he, he was like full on going, going for it. Uh, you know, so we, we can't be upset with little things because the devil will use every tactic he can to take you off course every tactic he can to try to bring you down he'll call you names that's the best he's got that's all he's got is to call you names so if they call you a bigot you go well i must be doing something right because the devil doesn't like me so flip it around 
Galatians 6.9 says, But we should not lose heart in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. So do not faint. So then as we have time, let us work good toward, sorry, let us work good toward all, especially those of the household of faith. So we need to not lose heart. We are on the winning team. We just haven't seen the finish line yet. It's coming up. It's coming up, and we will know we've run the race. We receive the prize. Let's go out strong. Let's not be those that shrink back, as it says in Hebrews uh, 10, 38. We are not those that shrink back. We run to the fight. We don't run away from it. You know, and the enemy, the enemy is just all puffed up, like trying to be bigger than what it is, because it has no power and authority over, over the things of God. So how do we fight this fight? Well, it says in 1 Timothy 6.14, in that verse we started with, to keep the commandments without spot, without blame, it says. He said to Timothy, keep the command without spot and without blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we fight the good fight? We keep the commandments of God. We're in line with his word. We travel what he says. We do what he says. We stand up for what is not right. We do all these things because his word commands us to. Proverbs 7, 1 says, My son, keep my words and store up my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live and keep my law as the pupil of your eye. Obeying God's commandments in this area where the devil wants you to fail uh, is, well, the devil wants you to fail in this area, I'll tell you. He doesn't want you to read the word. You know, as soon as you read the word and, and take it on board, live out of that, the devil gets upset. The devil goes, oh, oh, I'm in trouble now. They're starting to understand and read the word. They believe the word. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And that's why the devil doesn't want you to obey the commands. He doesn't want you to know the commandments. You know, too many people have a sense of their own gospel. They're like they may have been brought up in church. They might have a little bit of church. And they know a little. But a little bit can be dangerous because if it's not in context, it'll blow out to all sorts of areas. And uh, we need to be those that know the Word of God. We stand and we live out of that Word. We can't just sort of say, well, I don't think God would have done that. You know, have you ever heard that? Yeah, people have suddenly become a voice for God. No, God wouldn't do that. And I said, what, are you so sure about that? Where, where does that come from? Oh, I just don't think God would do that because God is love and love is love and all this sort of stuff. You know, we, we're misled. The devil just tries to get you off one degree off the Word of God and it will take you way out we need to know what god says all right because it's a legal contract i'll tell you the devil plays tricks on you like that it will use the word of god but take it a little bit out of context a little bit to the left a little bit to the right and suddenly you'll believe in it as i said with andy stanley uh example earlier the devil it plays dirty the devil likes to uh mislead you he'll come and whisper in your ear try to attach to you that's why the bible says to you Ask forgiveness each day of your sins because we can all fall astray. When Jesus died on the cross, he bore our sins. So we were cleansed, and when we come to him, we are cleansed. But if we continue to practice sin, the devil has an opening. The devil is like signs, has a contract with you because you're not actually living the way you're supposed to. That's why it says in James 4, 7, Therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to stand against the enemy. We need to stand firm against all those things. We need to be repentive. We need to say every day, every day I go, God, forgive me if I've done something wrong today, and I'm sure I have. 
Uh, my wife always tells me I have, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, and you would have seen it too. So, um, uh, yeah, please forgive me. And we need to be like that because the devil is looking for a way in. He's always looking for a doorway into your world to have some effect on you. He's always looking. He has his, his uh, demons. He has a lot of stuff going on watching you and trying to find a way in. But if we shut him down by repenting each day, then he has no doorway in. And that's what the power of forgiveness is from the Lord. Um, we've got to remember that Jesus said, you can, without me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus every day. We need Jesus. The church needs Jesus. We are representing Jesus. We need him in our world. And this morning, perhaps you've had that struggle and uh, it's never too late to change. You know, sometimes we look back on life and go, gee, I wish I would have done that different. If I was younger, I would have got up there and did something for the church. I would have done that. Well, I'm telling you, it's never too late. One of, one of the heroes of the faith I like is Smith Wigglesworth and, and did some incredible, uh, had an incredible ministry of healing and uh, cast out demons and things, raising people from the dead. All this list goes on. He started at the age of 48 and finished his ministry when he died at 84. So if you're thinking, oh, just probably just a bit, no, you're not past it. You're never past it. And, and I always, always say there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. Each day you're living for him. Each day you are an example of living life. But that whole life with him comes out of relationship with him. And this morning you have an opportunity, if you haven't already, to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. So wherever you are right now, I just want you to close your eyes and bow your head. And uh, I, I want you to just wait on the Lord. You know, are you right with God this morning? Are you representing who the church is called to be? Have you given your life to Jesus? There's lots of questions that could be floating around your mind right now. Am I right with God is the most important one because you need to be right. If you're going to stand up against what is about to come upon this world and test in time, then you need to be ready. You need to know that you have God on your side, that you are living for him. And this morning, I wonder if you've given your life to Jesus Christ and made him your Lord and Savior. If you've not done that, it's one prayer away. And we'd love to say that prayer with you. But it requires you to acknowledge that. And if that's you this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ or you're not quite sure where you stand with him, or perhaps you even did it once, you once walked with him and now you've walked away. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter as long as you get it right today. And you have an opportunity right now and God will see from heaven. So if that's you this morning, if you want to see Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to make things right again with God, wherever you are, just raise your hand and I'll see that and we'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other thing I want to pray for this morning is we want true warriors. We want true warriors of God. People need to stand up in their faith. We're not a happy, clappy club. But we are soldiers, soldiers in his army. And he calls us to fight. And this morning, 
If that's you, just God's saying, hey, yeah, I've called you for something. I've called you for such a time as this to rise up and make your faith known. Perhaps you've hidden your faith. You know, you go to work and you pretend you have nothing to do with church, but you attend on Sunday, but you don't want your work friends to know during the week. Perhaps you've hidden from family members or whatever, well, now is the time to let your light shine. And if it's you, you need more boldness and courage this morning. As uh, God said to Joshua, be bold and be courageous, be strong. If you just need that extra strength or you're just feeling God to call on you right now to make a stand, wherever that is in your workplace or whatever, I want to pray for you too. And if that's you, just raise your hand so I can see your hand. And I've got no one praying for. Amen. See those hands. See those hands. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Father, I pray today for the mighty power of Jesus Christ to come upon these people in boldness and strength. God, I pray courage over each one that's raised their hand here today. I pray, oh God, you move upon them. A God that they will know with confidence that you are with them, that they are making a difference because God, we are called to make a difference. Father, I pray your power of the Holy Spirit will be upon them in that time when they don't know what to say. Holy Spirit, you'll give them the words to speak that will see lives transformed. Father, I pray this day will be a new day in how we walk in our Christian walk. We no longer walk with fear or doubt, but we walk in boldness in the truth of the gospel. We believe everything you say, and we carry that out, that mission. We're on a mission that's possible. And it's your mission, O oh God, and you will see it come to be. God, give us strength, give us power, give us all that we need. Equip us for these days that are ahead. Let the church arise. Let the church be the light that is called to be. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.